0: All right, open up your Bible to Acts chapter 8 today if you've got your Bible with you. Like I said, I'm going to do things a little differently this morning. We're going to jump into the Word first, and then we're going to do some more worship and baptisms. Uh, so Acts chapter 8, I'll get there in just a little bit. I had a conversation with a woman named Bonnie quite some time ago now, and uh, she talked to me about her journey of faith. And I, I love hearing people's journey of faith because they're, they're all unique, as unique as you are. Uh, and she told me about how she was brought up in church how she left church before she even got into high school, I think, Uh, went off to college, kind of did the party thing, but was uh, graduated with a degree, got into business, was actually very successful in business. But she said, I thought I had everything I was looking for, but I realized my life was pretty empty, so I started looking for answers. And she looked at a lot of different places. She said she looked into uh, Eastern religions and a bunch of other things. She said, but one night, she was actually on a business trip, and Bonnie said, I was on a business trip. I was in a hotel room. Anybody ever seen the Gideon Bibles in those drawers? I don't know if they still do that anymore. I heard that they were stopping. To, you know, they weren't doing that as many places. Go figure. But she said, I, I didn't really want to watch TV, and I didn't know what to do. And I, she said, I felt drawn. And those were her words. She said, I felt drawn to this Gideon's Bible that I noticed in the drawer. So she opened it up, and she said, I, you know, I, I think Matthew's a good spot to start. And she started to read the New Testament. And she said, I didn't stop until I'd finished all of Matthew that night. And her words again were, by the time I finished and closed that book, closed the Bible, finished with Matthew, I knew that Jesus was the one I was searching for, that that he was the answer. I love, I love the way God works, the way he draws us in. And he takes us to a moment where we uh, have a moment of revelation and a moment of decision that will change everything in our lives. And her life was changed not just for a week or two, but forever because of that encounter. We're going to take a look at this passage in Acts chapter 8 about an African, an Ethiopian man, and his encounter with with God through a a brother named Philip, and it's amazing. And here's a little background to the passage. I won't bore you with history, but one of the key characters, besides the Ethiopian eunuch, is Philip. And later he became known as Philip the Evangelist. And Philip had been in Samaria. Now he was basically driven there through persecution. Uh, Saul, who later became Paul, began to persecute Christians. And the Christians scattered out of Jerusalem, and, and Philip is one of them. He ends up in Samaria. What you need to understand again, and this is just a little history note, but the Samaritans hated the Jews, and the Jews hated the Samaritans. So Philip, a Jew, ends up in Samaria, and he's preaching about a Jewish rabbi named Jesus, and God shows up in an amazing way. I mean, there is this the old word would be a revival, but this movement of God amongst the Samaritans, and they're coming to know Jesus by the hundreds and by the thousands. And there's this amazing response to Philip's message. Pick it up in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, we're not given a lot of details about this angel of the Lord, but that's kind of cool. Angel says, dude, I want you to take a road trip. Verse 27, so he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. And the Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. So the angel tells him to go to the road. Now he sees this chariot. The Holy Spirit says, go next to that, that chariot. Verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Must have been a two-seater chariot. He said, come on up. This is the passage of Scripture that the eunuch was reading. It's found in Isaiah 53. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And then Philip began with this very passage of Scripture And told him the good news about Jesus. A little insight here. There are over 300 prophetic uh, scripture verses in the Old Testament that Jesus fulfilled. Over 300 of them that Jesus actually fulfilled. Now they didn't have the New Testament. He didn't say, well let's open a John and let's read the Gospel of John. That hadn't been written yet. But in the Old Testament he took him through. And Philip had memorized many of these passages obviously. And he took him, walked him through and told him the good news the Gospel of Jesus. Verse 36. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Verse 38, and he gave orders to stop the chariot. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, here's another awesome experience. Be me out Scotty. The spirit of the... Some of you have no idea what I was talking about. Be me up, what? all the old guys. Hey, uh, the Spirit of the Lord said, uh, it suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Now, use that God-given imagination you have. I know it's a bit bit of a long passage, but I want you to see what's going on here. Ethiopian eunuch in his chariot, on his way home to Ethiopia. Philip is sent there. He runs up to the chariot. He hears that this guy's reading. Philip immediately recognizes, ah, this is why God drew me here. This is why the the angel of the Lord sent me here, why the Holy Spirit said, come up to that chariot. He hears the guy reading from Isaiah, and he's amazed at at this man's intrigue, his interest, and then he has this life-changing encounter with this African man, and it's a powerful, powerful story. Great, well, what can we learn from it? Let me give you three things. Number one, sometimes God takes you on an unexpected road. Anybody ever been on an unexpected road? Sometimes God takes us on an unexpected road, through an angel, God told Philip to take the road to Gaza. Most of us go, well, so what? Well, Gaza was about 60 miles southwest of Jerusalem. Now, keep in mind back then, they didn't have buses, they didn't have cars, they didn't have rapid transit. And so that's a bit of a journey. But uh, it's about 60 miles southwest of Gaza. And the road that, that God sent him to was actually considered, historians tell us, it's the old road to Gaza and not one used very often. But what I admire, what I want, what's, so what? Well, what I want you to admire with me about Philip is his obedience. He obeyed. No explanation or reasons were given. Uh, The angel didn't, you know, unpack all of this. He just said, go. And what did Philip do? All righty. I'm, I'm ready to go. And he took off. And what's even more amazing to me about that is Philip is in the middle of this amazing God encounter in Samaria. God's doing some great holy things. Awesome things are happening in Philip's life. And in the midst of that, God does one of these to Philip and says, I want you to go someplace else. See, in the middle of this great move of God in Samaria, what what mattered most to Philip was obeying God. Sometimes we end up in the midst of something awesome, and God interrupts our awesomeness with a new direction. And the question that we've got to wrestle with and I tell you, if you walk with Jesus more than about two days, you've already had to wrestle with this. And trust me, you will all of your life. Who will you take direction from? Are you going to listen to God? Are you going to follow him? My radical mentoring group, we've been reading through a book by Bill Hybels about, it's whispers about hearing God. And the question is, when God whispers to your heart, who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to follow? First time I came to Spokane it was over 35 years ago now. And I was on staff at a church called Faith Center in Eugene, Oregon. And it was an amazing time. It was the mid to late 70s. God was doing phenomenal things. And a whole generation, U of O students were coming to know Jesus like crazy. Go Ducks. And I, I, was, I, I was just amazed at what I got to be a part of. I was a young man on staff at a growing, explosively growing church where people were coming to know Jesus left and right. And it was awesome. I mean, I, I was like, it was party city every day. was phenomenal. I loved it. And then Joe Whitmer, my friend, and he was my boss, uh, he was the leader of the youth pastors at, at that church, he get this, you know, got this God idea to go to Spokane and uh, to do a church. And we prayed, and Lord and I felt like we were supposed to go with him, but I, you need to know that I felt like I was going from awesome to awful I mean, I had never been to Spokane before, and, and I loved Eugene, I loved the Willamette Valley, I loved everything about what God was doing there, and I thought, wow, Spokane, that's like the backside of nowhere, can anything good come out of Spokane? And, and, I, you know, and, and I, 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 I wrestled for a while, I'll be honest with you, it was an unexpected road for, for me and Laura that I, I, I wrestled with for, for a while. What's impressive about Philip is that he didn't hesitate, he didn't argue, he didn't demand a reason from God. He simply obeyed he simply obeyed I know that uh, obedience is not a very popular wor- word in some circles nowadays in some circles it's a four-letter o- obey is a four-letter word well actually in all circles it's a four-letter word but um, in case you're wondering if I know how to spell <laughs> but I realize that in some cultures in some in, in American culture that's not a word that's highly valued anymore we think obedience is restrictive. We don't want to be told what to do. You know, don't infringe on my rights. And so, obedience is tough. Now, do not raise your hands. But how many of you still talk on the phone without a hands-free device while driving? I said, don't raise your hand. <laughs> I, you know, some of you, you know, you don't, you, you don't understand, or you've completely ignored that fact that it's a law not to talk on the phone without a hands-free device. I was driving on my motorcycle one day this week and the one sunny day we had, and a lady's texting while she's driving. Kid you not, I'm next to her, she's here, and all of a sudden she's drifting over towards me. And I looked at her and, you know, if I wasn't a pastor, (laughs) the thoughts that sometimes... I couldn't believe it. You know, we don't, we don't like to be, you're not going to tell me I can't talk on the phone. We don't like to obey. Now, here's a little simple truth, though. Very important truth. Listen, the key to to experiencing all that God has for you. Obedience to God is the key to experiencing the life and adventure he has for you. Let me say it again. Obedience is the key to you experiencing all of the life and adventure that God wants for you. Philip ended up on an unexpected road that led to an awesome experience And a life-changing experience for this Ethiopian. And it all happened because he said yes to God. If you're a Christ follower, let me talk to the Christians in the room or listening online right now or on the radio. If you're a Christ follower, let me remind you you that your journey began with a yes. Yes, I believe. Yes, I will accept that free gift of God's grace and forgiveness and mercy. Yes, I will surrender my life. Yes, I will follow you. Your journey as a Christ follower began with yes. And it will continue. To the, the, down that road and experience that God wants you to have as you continue to say yes to him. If you're not yet a Christ follower and you're investigating Christianity, I'm really glad that you're here and that you're listening. And you may be on a road that you didn't expect to get on, that you, a road perhaps that you've tried to avoid. But I don't believe in coincidence. I'm going to tell you right now, you're listening to this. You're here today because God's got you on a road that he wants you to discover him on. And the way your journey of faith will begin, it begins with a yes. Even if it's an unexpected road, it always comes down to who will we take direction from. Here's the second thing. Number two, we can learn from this story. God is pursuing you, and he loves it when you pursue him. God is pursuing you. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but he is. And he loves it when you and I pursue him. This Ethiopian was a seeker, which simply means he had a growing hunger in him for truth and for answers. Like that woman I mentioned at the beginning, named Bonnie, who was looking for answers and looking for truth. This Ethiopian was a seeker. He traveled a great distance from Ethiopia, from where he lived, to Jerusalem. And again, travel in those days was dangerous and difficult. He'd spent a lot of his money to do so. Even the scroll, reading it from the, the scroll of Isaiah, you know, they didn't go to the local Barnes & Noble back then and buy a book for nineteen ninety nine. They they were handwritten scrolls, and they were actually quite costly and quite rare, and he has one of them. This guy had invested time, energy, and money, and he's reading the scroll in the chariot, obviously not inclined to motion sickness. I would not be able to read in the chariot. But he's reading this story, and and the the passage that he's reading from in Isaiah 53 is considered the Mount Everest of messianic prophecies. Uh, There's no passage like it in all of the Old Testament that better defines and describes the work of Jesus. Is that a coincidence? No way. And he's reading that very passage. Let me read it to you again, verse 32. This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. And can you imagine Philip's excitement as he said, this is about Jesus. This is about him. Let me tell you about the day that he died. And how he didn't speak a word. He wouldn't say a word. And he was led like a lamb. Like a lamb led to to the slaughter. That's what happened to Jesus. And he then unpacked all these other scriptures. And Philip asked him, you know, do you understand what you're reading? And the guy goes, no! Now, instead of saying, no, leave me alone, he says, no, I don't. Please explain it to me. That is the heart of a person who's seeking and open and hungry for God. That's the heart of a seeker. And I want you to know this this morning. God loves seekers. In fact, in the context of prayer... Jesus once made this promise in Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Well, what's the principle here? God honors and answers those who diligently seek after him. The writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 11, verse 6, God rewards those who sincerely seek after him. You're seeking the promises. God's going to reward that. Some of you are on that road right now. You've got questions. You're seeking answers. And I want you to hear from this pastor. It's okay. In fact, I applaud your seeking. It's great. I'm glad you are. Why am I glad you're a seeker? Because God loves seekers. And he loves those who are looking for truth. Quite a few years ago, again, I had a high school kid come up to me. And and I think she thought this would blow me away. But she said, I'm studying the teachings of Buddha. Buddha. And uh, I smiled. I said, well, that's great. Uh, you know, I'm, obviously, you're looking for truth. You're looking for spiritual answers. Now, like I said, I think she expected me to be blown away. Or, oh, no, not Buddha. You know, and I, I just said, no, it's all right. You know, I'm glad. But, but I asked her to do two things. I said, I'm going to ask you to do two things. First, would you read the New Testament? She said, I don't have a Bible. I said, I can solve that. Gave her one. I said, would you read the New Testament? Start right here. And I, th- I think I had her start in the book of, of uh, John, maybe Luke, but probably John. I said, just read this. And I said, the second thing I'm going to ask you to do is pray. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Now, she said, well, I don't know. I believe in God. Why should I pray to something or whatever that I don't even believe in? I said, I understand, but humor me. Read this and just pray. God, if you're for real, if this is for real, if this is your inspired word, if this is you, God, reveal yourself to me. It wasn't six months later that this young woman, gave her life to Jesus, became a Christ follower. Why? Because God loves seekers. He's not intimidated by people looking for answers or for truth. Seek after him. The promise of scriptures is you'll find him. Why? Because God's looking for you. Here's the last thing I want to highlight from Acts chapter 8. Number three, the road to belief always brings you to a point of decision. That road that you're on, and you're on it, always brings you to to a point of decision. last couple of weeks in the series, I've talked about the fork and the road that God brought me to. And it wasn't the first fork, it wasn't the last fork. My experience, my belief, and what I read in the scriptures is God's constantly bringing us to these opportunities to decide to choose. And whether we like it or not, and some of us really don't like it, but here's the truth, God will bring us to a moment of choice. He will bring you to a point of choice. And unless we harden our hearts, and that's a scary place, and I hope you never go there, but unless we harden our hearts against him, God will consistently bring us to a place that, that we have to make a decision to our very own personal fork in the road. I met a guy in his 30s just a couple of weeks ago, and he's been through an awful lot, financial struggles, relational struggles. And I smiled when he asked me, he says, why do I feel like everywhere I turn, I find God? Why do I feel like everywhere I turn, I keep running into God? And I smiled because that's God. Because he loves us. God pursues us. He's pursuing you. Because he loves you. And he will consistently bring you to a point of decision. Why? Because he loves you more than you can even begin to imagine. Because he wants you to spend eternity in relationship with him. There's a 19th century poet by the name of Francis Thompson. Nobody's probably ever heard of him. He wrote a very long poem, like 182 lines. I I would, would have been bored by line 17 probably. But a long poem called The Hound of Heaven. And the hound, this is a British guy, the hound he referred to, uh, he was calling God the hound, the hound of heaven. Now being a Brit, he had this word picture of hounds chasing after the hare. And his point is that the hound of heaven pursues us. He goes after us and that he's never going to give up on you or me. There came a moment in that chariot when that Ethiopian eunuch realized that Jesus was the one that he was searching for. He got it. And he understood that Jesus was that longing, the longing to his soul. And Philip told him the good news. He told him about Jesus and the truth of what Jesus came to do. And that guy came to a point of decision right there in that chariot, right there on that road. And and he he realized, this is what I need. I need to believe, and I I want to be baptized. And Philip, when, you know, the, the Ethiopianians said, well, what's next? Philip said, believe and be baptized. And guys, that is the message that was preached by the first church, the Christians in the early church, and it is the message that has been faithfully taught for over 2,000 years. What's next? All right, I'm on that road. What do I do? Believe and be baptized. And what is so awesome here is the enthusiastic response of this eunuch, this Ethiopian. He said, I'm ready. In fact, look, there's water. What's keeping me from getting baptized right now? And they throw on the chariot brakes and they jump out. And you can see, can you just see the enthusiasm, the excitement as Philip is just pumped, thinking, man, an angel told me to go on this road. A spirit told me to go here. I got to talk to this guy. He believes. And now, look, we're in this water, and this guy's about to get baptized and profess his faith in Jesus. Listen to me as I start to wrap this up. A few of you are here today, and you are ready to believe and get baptized. You are at that point of decision, and you know that you're, it's time. You've been seeking, looking, answer, uh, looking for answers, and you just know in your gut that right now you're at that point of decision and it's time for you to believe and be baptized today. A few of you are here and you've already confessed Jesus as your Lord but you've not yet obeyed him and been baptized as a believer. And you think, well, yeah, yeah, you've talked about that. I know, one of these days, here's a little insight to you. Did you know that delayed obedience is disobedience? What if Philippa said, I'll go in a couple of days. Some cool things are happening in Samaria. I don't want to leave just yet. Would he have run into that guy on the road at the moment he did? Delayed obedience is disobedience, and God wants us to obey. You think, well, I got sprinkled. I got baptized as a child. I honor what your parents did for you. But here's what the Scripture says, and it's found in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And when I read that, and it's consistently taught throughout the New Testament, there's a point of decision that you have to make where you make, it's not something that's an infant done to you, but a point of decision that you say yes to God. And guess what? It's time for some of you to declare, declare your faith today. Your faith and allegiance to Jesus. In this service, we've got three that have already signed up. The next, I think there's seven or eight that have already signed up to get baptized. But I want to tell you, Philip didn't hesitate to obey. The question I have for you today is, will you? And some of you think, well, I, you know, I guess I'll do next time around because I'm not really sure what to do. <laughs> guess what? We've got extra clothes and extra towels. Right outside those doors, in just a moment, we're going to stand, and there's tables there with extra towels and extra clothes. We've got them in all sizes and all variety of colors. If you don't like a color, find another one. It's all back there. And uh, I want to I challenge some of you. Some of you today are going to cross the line of faith today, right here, right now. You're saying, it's time for me to believe and be baptized, to repent, to be baptized, and to follow Jesus. And it, you don't need to wait. You don't need to wait. You, today, you can go and get baptized in water right here, right now, as a public declaration. What's the big deal? Why do I have to do that? It is a public declaration of a personal response to Christ. And it's public on purpose. And Jesus wants you to to, to declare your allegiance and your followership. And, And you identify with him. The going under is identifying with the death of Christ. Coming up is identifying with the resurrection. You're saying, my sins are buried, and I'm coming out as a follower, completely dedicated, wholeheartedly following Jesus. Some of you are ready to do that today, and you're thinking, okay, I'm in. I want to do that. We've got towels. We've got clothes. Some of you have been Christ followers for a while. Maybe we had 13 people that picked up a New Believers Packet on Easter. We had we've had hundreds of people over the years, and some of you are sitting here and you're thinking, "Well, next time, next time, I know it. Next time, it's too cold. I don't want to do it today." Obey. Make the step today of obedience, and I promise you, obedience is the key to experiencing the life and adventure that God has for you. There's no excuse. Here's the water. There are the clothes. Today you can get baptized. By has let me pray for you. Father, thank you. For the simple fact that you have called us to a great adventure. And that as seekers, Lord, we came to a point where we said yes to you, and some are coming to that point right now. God, thank you that you gave us this simple way of declaring our, our obedience and our faith to you by getting baptized in water. And I know some, they think it's scary, or they don't want to do it in public, or they don't want to get their hair messed up. God, none of that matters. What matters most is obe- obedience, following you saying yes to you. And it's my prayer right now that some would say yes to you for the first time. And today would be their day of believing and being baptized. It's my prayer that those that have put this off for too long, today, Lord, they would say yes to you and be baptized in water and follow you in the adventure that you've called them to. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I'm gonna pray a simple prayer. And if this is your heart, they well, What's next? Well, just make this prayer yours. If today you want to cross into that. This is the believe part. Make this prayer yours. Father, forgive me for I've sinned. I need a Savior. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your life. And I'm going to give you mine in exchange for yours. What an awesome deal. And so right now, I re- believe, I repent, and I choose to follow you. I say yes to you. And I surrender my life to you. And today I'm saying yes. And today I'm going to get baptized in as a declaration of my faith in you. Now, if that's your, your heart, that's your prayer, just say, yep, God, that's me. I, that, those are my words. Lord, I own that prayer right now. And the minute you do, that's the believe part. The next part now is be baptized. Lord, show us your favor this morning. I pray that the people respond to you, not to me and my words, but to you, to your prompting right now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.